0: Um, I'd say open up your Bibles at this point, however, this sermon is going to be a little bit different. Um, I don't know how, to, I always like to ca- I'm going to be critical of myself. I like to call my sermons on special occasions Hallmark sermons. Um, <laughs> because, you know, in all honesty, you know, it, it's, they kind of get very similar after a while. Um, <laughs> so say what you want about Hallmark cards and the Hallmark Channel. But the point is this, um, and so... Uh, you know, it's going to be similar for last year's Mother's Day, and the question is, okay, well, why? And um, so before you continue, Betsy, you know, this is, uh, this is me ad-libbing. Ad-libbing. Um, you know, the reason why is because I think that women in our society today, um, motherhood in particular, any form of womanhood, actually, it's under constant threat. Um, you, you'd be surprised to find how many people want to destroy things, like family, The concept of family itself. Um, You'd be surprised how many people just want to even say, well, motherhood, it means nothing. Um, Family, it means nothing. You know, children mean nothing. Um, And we're seeing that over and over and over again in different ways. And so this sermon is basically just saying, hey, that's not true. (laughs) Um, This sermon is encouraging all of our mothers, spiritual and biological, to say, you know what? No, you have purpose. Motherhood has significance. It's not something that can just be let go of so easily. Um, and I think it's detrimental to our society when we kind of let that be the narrative is that it means nothing. Um, it doesn't mean nothing. It, it has significance. Um, so still, I wanna start you know again differently. I wanna ask everyone a few questions and this isn't in the PowerPoint yet, Betsy, but uh, the first question is how many of you were born as human? Um, we, we were discussing this in Total Truth today when we looked at zygotes and things like that. Um, so, okay, how many of you were born as human? Just, I need a, I need a show of hands. Because right now in New York City, you could be a unicorn, I'm just saying. Um, all right, all right, wonderful. The second question is, how many of you were born to a female? i um, just making sure... Um, Right now in the news, I just recently heard about the man who had born a child, even though that doesn't make some biological sense, because they were once a female, therefore they still are. not going to get into that. Um, Anyway, still, all of us were. Good. Good news. Great. Okay. Perfect. Um, So right away, we have learned two important things about one another. Um, The first thing is, and perhaps the most important thing to some, is that we are all, in fact, human. The second thing that we have learned about each other is that we all have mothers. (laughs) All of us. And well, this is important information today, because today, as we all know, we take time in our society to celebrate mothers, our mothers, um, the ones who bore us, who gave birth to us, the ones who we sometimes idolize, while at the same time, ones we sometimes get flustered by. Dan, don't say it. David, don't say it. <laughs> I've got all of you right there. Uh, Heather? No, anyway. Um, still, individuals, though, without whom, none of us would exist at all. If there were no mothers, then there would be no children. So right away, we learned something about motherhood. Without it, there would be no family at all. So what's our conclusion? Well, the conclusion is that mothers are essential to family. They're a necessity. Now we can see how mothers are essential to the family just based upon that information alone. Um, from a strictly biological perspective, we've all know what we need to know. However, our relationships with each other are not only biological. There's more to it than just blood. There's also relationships. There's also attributes such as love, kindness, gentleness, grace, You see, it is terribly important that we get the foundational principles out of the way. That is, that each of us have a mother. However, if we do not then define what a mother is, or what motherhood is, and we ignore the deeper questions, then having a mother will mean very little or nothing at all. In fact, what's to say what a mother is? or when a mother is a good mother? What are we supposed to, how do we answer that question? Um, what's to say that a good mother, for example, is one who bears their children, and as soon as they're born, she gives them to someone else to raise? Or more, what if they uh, get to a certain age, and then she leaves them to fend for themselves? What if that's the definition of a good mother? Is it? I'm hoping everyone is saying No. <laughs> As it is, we receive a bit of information about the role of motherhood in scriptures. Um, In particular, consider some of the proverbs which deal with mothers. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teachings. For they are a graceful garland for your head and a pendant around your neck. That's Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. And my son, keep your father's commandment uh, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Proverbs six twenty through 22. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Proverbs 23, 25. So from these verses, we learn that a mother is one who teaches. Now, this is logical. From the earliest times in a person's life, one learns, really in the end, most from their mothers. We learn many of life's lessons from our mothers. How to behave, how to communicate, how to be kind, to love, how to sacrifice for others. I mean, motherhood by definition, that is the case, sacrifice. However, there is more than even these things. Um, Consider what we read toward the end of Proverbs, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and the wine to those in bitter distress. That'll lead to an interesting sermon, by the way, number six. Um, still, seven, let them drink and forget their, their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Proverbs 28, 1-9. Now, in these verses, we see how the mother of the king taught her son core values of life. In other words, mothers do not only teach proper etiquette. They do not always only teach, let's say, how to sew or to cook or plant. Even in a time when women didn't have the rights that they have today in our own society. They still were teaching core principles of life. How to be just. How to be wise. These are teachings which are more than just how to eat or behave. But concern wisdom itself. There are warnings and teachings on how to live in society. How to even rise above it. These are teachings which are bestowed upon us by our mothers. Likewise, these teachings are not only ones which are done um, in our youth. But as we grow older, they remain with us. They are to be carried around with us because true wisdom does not break down with age. It ripens with age. It should be of no surprise to us then that it is both mothers and fathers whom we are to obey Though fathers do have a particular role, as do mothers, in the overall schematic of the family, the truth is both teach us core tenets of life, which help us navigate the world around us. Yet, that requires mothers to do something rather important. It requires them to learn from their mothers and their mothers. It requires them to seek wisdom themselves. The goal for seeking wisdom isn't only for our own personal benefit. Instead, it reminds us that we seek wisdom for those who are coming after us. Because those who come after us will learn a great deal, and it is a mother's responsibility to continue to learn as well, to continue to to seek out wisdom and truth, which is essentially ageless. Indeed, when we consider a mother, there are numerous gifts and encouragements. Consider a few of the final verses from Proverbs. Proverbs 31, 25-30. Now these verses portray so many aspects of womanhood. And how many of them translate into motherhood as well. Consider that first verse. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. Strength and dignity. So many believe that the God-fearing woman is weak for submitting to the Lord. Yet we find here she's not weak, but she's full of strength and dignity. Likewise, how the text says she laughs at the time to come. She has hope. She isn't fazed by the problems which likely lie ahead. But instead, she dismisses them almost out of hand, instead with a laugh. She has hope for the future. So many things our children can learn are right here, found in the scriptures and how they describe this woman. Who fear God. Indeed, that is the last part of the verse, is telling us uh, when contrasted with our own society. Consider that. In our society, isn't it very often the case that women who are adorned, those who have charm, and those who have beauty are far too often lifted up as the role models? Is it not often the case that our young women and children look to magazine covers? To find out what they should be like. Is it not often that many women compare themselves to such things as charm and beauty all their lives, forever thinking so little of themselves because of what the culture decides what they should look like and what they should be and who they should be? Mothers, train your daughters to not look at the culture for their worth. Instead, train them to seek the fear of the Lord, which has worth far more than the charms and the wiles and the beauties that the world decides is important. Why should you train up your daughters to fear the Lord? Because your daughters are the future mothers. And being the future mothers, they will train up the next generation to come. Unfortunately, there are those in our society who believe that motherhood is antiquated. They would have us believe that roles within a household are useless. They should be rejected and forgotten. And yet, when we consider motherhood thus far from the scriptures, it paints us a picture of individuals who are necessary for the betterment of the human race. Yet, in order for this to be the case, it requires mothers to remain faithful to God and what God has called them to do and God has called them to be. It requires our mothers to not give into the secular culture which says that all the hard work that they put into their children is worthless. And that's told too many times. It requires mothers to stand firm against the generational lie which says that they have no purpose as mothers. It requires mothers to continue on in steadfastness, being obedient first to God in raising their children. But it would be a flawed discussion if we didn't also ask another question. We've dealt with biology. But let me ask, how many of you, for a sign of hands, have been influenced by a woman who was not your mother? Really? Come on. (laughs) You've all been influenced by someone who wasn't your mother. Um, Nice try. How many of you had or even still has a woman in your life that is not of your blood, but who is faithful to God. Someone you can emulate or have emulated and learn or learned from. Anyone? Got a few? Once or twice? (laughs) I think we can all raise our hands to this question. I know I have many women in this congregation who I can look to and say, I have learned so much from you. And there is so much more to learn from you. How is this possible? Well, much of it has to do with the fact that the church itself is designed to be a body and a family. Consider what Paul writes to Timothy. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. You see, Timothy is encouraged to receive those within the congregation as family members. Those who are older as parents, those who are younger as siblings. So it is when we consider each woman in this congregation. And as you consider yourselves, do not neglect that God has called them, called you, to fulfill a motherly role even in this congregation. For each of the younger generation which comes after you, They are your children to watch over in this congregation, to love, to cherish, to pray for, to encourage, to show what faithfulness looks like as you age. Through Christ, even the barren have children. Through Christ, even those who have never been wed have children. Because we are all bound together in this great love that the Father gives to each of us, and which we then share with one another. This fellowship, which is so deep, so true, and so wonderful. So this Mother's Day, we're going to take time to say thank you to all of our mothers and grandmothers within this congregation. We're going to say thank you to all the mothers and grandmothers who have labored long and hard over us, who have watched over us, and who love us. We're going to remind them that no matter how old you are, Or what your situation is. You can still have an effect on the next generation. And that God will continue to use. Each and every woman within this congregation. To further the kingdom of his son. Jesus Christ. And one of the ways. He does this. Is through you. By remaining faithful to Christ. In everything he has called you to be. By seeking wisdom knowledge. And the fear of the Lord in all things. For our younger women to see. As you do this you proclaim the truth to us. As you do this, you become living representations of what we ought to seek and what we ought to attain ourselves. And as you do this, you remind us that we aren't going to be perfect as we walk down this road of faith and that God's grace is what keeps us going. Because no matter how good of a mother you are, the truth is you're going to make mistakes. And as such, we learn from mistakes, as you do. Learn to trust and rely on God's grace, which gives us hope for our own mistakes. Motherhood. It's never an easy job. But its importance cannot be overstated. And because of that, we see all you do and all you have done. And on this day, we thank you. Thank you, mothers, young and old thank you for the great love you have for each of us we give thanks for each of each of you and every one of you our mothers both biological and spiritual and pray that God's blessing would fall greatly on you this day and all days and if I could have all the men just join me in saying thank you thank you thank you, thank you. <laughs> amen let us pray Father, we thank you so much um, because you are a God who continues to give us wisdom, who has shown us that wisdom is not something which is easily destroyed, but something that continues on through generations and generations. And Lord, we thank you that you have set up the family system to include these wonderful women who are so necessary for our lives. These women who continue to train us and teach us your ways, who continue to show us what faithfulness looks like, And how we as men can look at them and say, thank you, Lord. And how our children can look at them and say, thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, as we continue forward this day and as our mothers continue to grow older and they see their children grow into adults, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to bless them with grace, with peace, and with mercy. And that they would continue to strive to fear you and to love you and to seek after your Son, Jesus Christ, with all of who they are. For this is the ultimate goal for each of us. And when they do it in their own particular way, it is quite a wonderful and beautiful thing. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. Please rise as we sing our final hymn.